Bamboo Project Podcast starts in three, two. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Bamboo Project Podcast. My name is Donovan Gray, the future $10 billion man. On the way to 10 billion, I decided I'm gonna help create 1,000 millionaires, including myself. And not by being a guru or selling a course, but by doing the things I already love to do every day and documenting my journey to get there. I figure I'll make all the mistakes so you don't have to. My name is Donovan Gray, and this is how I will turn my life into a living. All the parts of the journey that do not make it to YouTube will be on our story. You can find me on Instagram at Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y, and my phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne, A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. And we're doing weekly vlogs on our small candle business on Ember Candle Co. That's M-B-U-R-C-A-N-D-L-E-C-O. All right, so today's date is Wednesday, May 31st. It is 9.02 a.m. So before we get into the topics of the day, we always start off with screen time. That is when we check our phone because a lot of people don't even look at their phone no more to see how long they spend on it. Last week, every day, I spent an average of seven hours and 35 minutes on my phone. My most used app was Twitter for nine hours and 15 minutes, then YouTube for six hours and five minutes, and then Instagram for five hours and 32 minutes. And I'm glad that Instagram is getting lower and lower. All right, I'm not a fan of Mark Zuckerberg and his companies, but I have to use them. So here we are. My highest usage day was Monday for 10 hours and 12 minutes. I picked up my phone on average 120 times per day. And my first use app after pickup, shout out to me, is mail, then Twitter, then Instagram. Okay, I like that. I like that. Okay. I was on my phone for on average six hours and 15 minutes per day. TikTok is my most used app at eight hours and 40 minutes. Then Instagram at six hours and 15. Gmail at five and a half hours. YouTube at three and a half hours. Probably Shira. And music <laughs> at three and a half um let's see my average amount of pickups is 162 times a day and gmail is my first use app after pickup then messages then music then square all right on to the subscriber check so right now the bamboo project is at 6503 subscribers and on the candle channel that's m-b-u-r candle co go follow that we are at 393 total subscribers we're gonna start doing a push to get that to a thousand like we're gonna start saying listen you need to subscribe get to a thousand because then that way we can actually post the candles to sell on youtube and we can actually make money from the ads they probably already put on our videos anyways because as of right now if there's an ad for that channel you're we're not getting paid for it that's youtube's taking that money all right so this week i am doing something a little different i am going to sit down the first thing on tap for today is going to be the house update. Uh, that The reason being is I kind of learned something I was very surprised to hear. The insurance adjuster 
they called me maybe yesterday or the day before yesterday, right? And they pretty much were asking me questions, just when did the house go under contract? You know, why was taken off the market? Uh, what is the contractor's phone number and name? Who had access to the property? There's a lot of questions like that. So, in that conversation, he pretty much explained to me that within the insurance contract, it says that if the house is vacant for 60 days, then it kind of voids the insurance, right? So, they count the house as being vacant from the day that the renovation is finished which would have been last year they are still doing some research and some digging and our last convo that's pretty much what he told me so that's kind of a huge blow last year in august it went up on sale and we got it under contract in january that's way more than 60 days so then a breaking happened like march and something he pointed out to me, which I never really thought about, but I know some people here have also considered this, is that the contractor is the one that stole the stuff. Now, the reason why he thinks that is because of how the things were stolen. He said for someone to come into the house and steal all the appliances and not scratch the floor means they probably understand like, or have done this before or have some type of history with appliances or with contracting or renovation. And he was saying that the vanity that's upstairs, it wasn't like ripped out of the wall. It was kind of like disconnected from the wall. So he said that it probably means that someone who already knew about the property came back to get the stuff to then use for whatever they're gonna do. So he thinks it was the contractor. Now, it's like, it's possible. Would I put it past him? Not really, uh, based, off our, based off of our prior interactions, I wouldn't put it past him to do that. But I don't think it was him. Personally, I think it was someone with a contracting background that did it, but I don't think it was him. And according to what I heard, now I think about it too. I wonder if the squatters that technically lived there were actually living there or just like a, a watch or like a lookout because they had a ring camera. Like who who goes to rob a house and bring a ring camera to the house? I'm just like, all right, I, I guess. So he said he wanted some more receipts, which I sent him. He wanted the invoice from the contract, how much I spent for everything. And he wanted to know what the current receipt was, like how much was up to date, how much did I spend up until the house was broken into. So I sent him all of that. Uh, it was about 130K roughly. It doesn't even include like miscellaneous items, so on and so forth. But I'm waiting to hear back because I don't at this point it's kind of strange because I don't know where it can go. If he already said that the insurance doesn't really cover a vacancy after 60 days, then it's kind of like what else is left that he could do. That's kind of right now how the house is, is turning out. It's like I said, it's very oh bro. Yesterday, uh we checked our mail, which you don't do very often. Um there's not really anything in there for us like that. So we'll check it every couple, maybe a week, every other week, something like that. So there was a foreclosure letter in the mail. This is the first one that I have seen. Can you pass me that? We've had a lot of leeway with the house in terms of us not paying the mortgage or the whatever you want to call it. I don't know if it's still a mortgage for a hard money loan, but we haven't paid it since maybe December. And we're just now getting like an official letter of foreclosure now in 
January in uh, June. And technically, in my mind, this just means the process is now starting. I don't even know if it means it's actually foreclosed. So, okay. This says case management order. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm like, a lot of people are very scared of dealing with law and court and the the kind of just the, the facade that exists, right? So, we haven't paid since December of last year for the mortgage on the house. I'm gonna read it to you because maybe I know what this means more than I do. It says, the case management and time standards adopted for expedited track cases shall be applicable to this case and are hereby incorporated into this order. All discovery in the above matter shall be completed no later than December 4th, 2023. Dis I don't know what this word is. Dispositive, dispositive, I don't know. I'm going to go with dispositive motions must be filled no later than January 2nd, 2024 and a mandatory pre-trial conference shall be scheduled anytime after March 4th, 2024, right? So I'm just wondering how much time does this even have? So it is hereby ordered that the above captioned matters assigned to the April pool. So I guess that maybe anything that was done in April, all the mortgage uh, foreclosures in April. It says, if the case is not called for trial during a designated trial pool month, it will automatically be assigned to the next trial pool month in each subsequent trial pool after until the matter is called to trial. Parties are under a continuing obligation to electronically file conflict letters before the start of each trial pool month. So... I don't know. It's like, it just, it really sucks because if we had the money, we could have like kept the house. If we didn't get broken into, we could have sold it. And there's so many different things that come up. So it is frustrating to think about just because we were very close to completing this whole ordeal. Um, and it is, it does bother me sometimes I think about it because it's like, damn, we was right there. We was right there. There were so many ways that we even got this far or even got this close to getting it done coming from where we came from where we had no money uh more or less no experience and we still got the house from we bought a house in another state melissa and i i was 24 i no, i wasn't 24 i was 26 you were what, 23 what's that what's that thumbnail saying yeah, right uh bought a house renovated it found a contract in another state and it's like in terms of the grand scheme of being an investor in property, we did a lot of things wrong, but I think for us to start that early and get as far as we did, we got a good deal. Everything we did was right up until the contractor. And I would say, even with that, one thing that I would always advise anybody that wants to get into real estate unless you're going to be really savvy like we we got to the end but it just was very difficult but i would say this i think we were definitely undercapitalized i think we went into it with the idea and expectation of what we were going to spend and we did not know of a lot of other expenses that would that we would incur in the journey of completing the house um so that's something i would probably change going forward so my guy tory shout out to him he's doing amazing things right now he just i think he bought like five lots in like the last month and a half or two months um and he's gonna have a new development on each lot so one thing that i would take away from what he's going through or what he's you know how he's his process is 
limiting risk by having people that have already done it before. So one thing I would change about how I did it before, you know, or I guess my next time is finding somebody or finding as many people as I can to kind of oversee what it is that's happening, like kind of like a board. Like, hey, okay, guys, you are going to be my advisors. You're a contractor. You're an agent. You're a, um, uh, I don't know, an investor. Let me, I'm like, I'm going to show y'all. I might even pay them. Hey, I'll pay you $100 a week or $100 something just to, just to look, look at this because they would have found and saw things that I didn't know. And I think even with that, even if their sphere of influence was close to mine but still above it, that would still, I think, reduce a lot of risk. So that's something I would definitely do going forward is make sure that I have the proper people around that can spot things I can't spot. And I was watching, what were we watching yesterday? I don't know what I, oh, 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 oh I was watching this uh, documentary or not documentary, the movie with about Nike, right? And how they kind of saw Michael Jordan. I would absolutely, or I absolutely think after watching that, it's building a, a team of people is how you win at anything. And a team needs so many different kinds of people to win. And it's like one small thing can change the trajectory of a whole entire team. Like, if you have a person on your team who's very hot-headed, right? You have to be able to have people around that person who can either calm them down or get them to work their hardest. And I think that that is probably the most effective person, regardless of the person's temperament, regardless of a person's background or anything else. It's who can I bring on my team that will get everybody else to do more and work harder? And, and reach their full potential. That to me is the highest criteria for anything. If there's a person on a team that is not doing that, that's a problem. And I think it doesn't really matter uh, of the person's emotional temperament. And I say that because I think everybody is different. I think everybody has the ability to, be, to, to change. So here's what I mean by that. You think about me, for example. My temperament and my view on things will change depending on who is giving me the information. So you can talk to me very aggressively, right? If we're playing basketball, you're like, yo, why you not get this? Whatever, right? You can do that. If we have that kind of relationship, we can do that. If you also have the status to be able to say like, either really good at this basketball or something else, I can, I'll listen to you more. But if someone is not good at it, I'm not gonna listen to you as much, right? If someone is talking in a in a tone, it don't have to even be an aggressive tone, like a very soft tone, that may not be proper for whatever is happening at that moment. And I think for building a team is being able to have a bunch of people who are able to decipher or at least cohesively get everybody as a collective to do their best. And I think that picking team members like that is what I would try and focus on. And with basketball, uh, with flipping the house and I think even with the candles because soon we're gonna start hiring people and I think that's something that I really want It's like you don't even have to be like of course I want the best I want the best salesperson. I want the best marketing person. I want the best uh, uh, Merchandising I want all of that, right? But if I bring on the best marketing person, right? 
and they have family issues and now their family issues are removing them or diminishing their work for the company. I would need either myself or I would need someone who can communicate to them effectively to be able to get them to work their hardest at the company. So let's say just, you know, hypo hypothetical situation. This person comes from a very crazy background. Their parents do a lot of drugs, right? Something like that. And drink a lot of alcohol. I would need someone who can communicate to them from a, a perspective that they have also been there. Like, I know what you're going through. My family, I have a cousin that was like that, a brother that was like this, or whatever the case might be. If I know that this person is the best salesperson I have, but they, or the best marketing person I have, but they cannot get over this emotional hump of their family doing, being on drugs, I need to find someone on the team that can help them get over that. That's what I need. I don't need like, oh, let me add another great salesperson because it's like, hey, if you can't help my best marketer do X, I can't have, I, you're not that useful to me, right? So I think that's how you come about building a team. And I think about it a lot when it comes to basketball because when you think about an NBA team and you watch like the documentaries or you watch the stories or anything like that, any, any team, honestly, One thing you'll see a lot is that there's always these random characters that have a big impact on a team winning five championships. You have decisions that one person has to go, ah, we shouldn't sign that guy. And one guy's like, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, he's the guy. We have to sign him, right? You have that happen in almost every situation. And I think it comes down to being able to have a person go, you know what? I have a team of people that can either trust you to go out and make a decision that's going to be better for the company. And I think the head person has to be able to know, hey, even though I'm the one that runs and I lead this, I know that you are better at this than I am. I'm going to let you take the lead on whatever this situation is. So when it comes to having a house, that is something that I would for sure do is having a team. Because if, if I think about it, the team was me, was me and Melissa. Like That was a team. It was just me and Melissa driving out there. Originally, we were renting a car to go out there. We were we kind of had some people that we would kind of talk about it with. But even with that, it was like building the team wasn't our priority. Our priority was just getting the money to renovate the house. And just kind of honestly letting him renovate. Like, hey, here's here's some money that we got. Go and do your thing. So other than that, I guess I'll keep you updated on what happens with the house. Um, there is no other news that I know about. I'm still curious what's going to happen as far as the, the doors on the house. Because it's like, I'm not paying for it. The old buyer's still paying for it. I guess it's coming out of his account. But I guess he don't really care. I guess it's $200 a month. So... You know, it would break us, but it might be nothing to him. So maybe he doesn't even think about it. Maybe he'll come back and buy the house because he's be like, you know what? I'm just going to buy it. You know, maybe that's what he probably will do. But that is the it for the house update. On to the next topic is last week's craft fair. Now, listen, listen. Melissa and I have been thinking about this. I think so. I don't know if we've been thinking about this. I know I thought about it and I talked to Melissa about it. Candles is not my passion. Candles is not my passion. 
right? But I think it's Melissa's passion. Melissa's very passionate about candle. Melissa, <laughs> 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 you tell me you don't, you don't, not, you don't. It's not your your dream. Candles. It's not your dream to be a candle connoisseur. No. Okay. I thought. I like them. Mm-hmm. If I'm passionate about them. Mm-hmm. No. No. Okay. So it's interesting because what I am passionate about is business. I love business. And I do have goals that having a great business can be the conduit to, but I never was like, oh my God, man, I just got to fix the candle industry. Like I was four years old. I had a candle one time and I said, no, this is just wrong. I had to make my own candle. That was never me. So Melissa, on the other hand, loves candles. You know, she's a candle connoisseur. Her whole life, she's dreamed about having a candle business. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't say that. I do enjoy candles a lot. Mm -hmm. So, Melissa wants to be an artist, right? And I think that is what she's passionate about. I think that is her top goal. So, when I think about the candles, it's kind of like, what is the ceiling that we have for the candles? And... I think it can grow to several billion dollars uh, valuation or revenue or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, I don't think that it'll be, by that point, a candle business, per se. I think we will have a lot of candles and be a, a staple in the candle space. But I think, by that point, we'll be bleeding over into things like commercial real estate, event planning, um Mm, skincare probably maybe makeup i don't know about makeup um i know i definitely do i would do skincare for sure maybe even hair products like it would it would grow into something like that so we were just having that convo recently i'm just kind of like what is the when where when do we kind of like well like i said for me i'm building a business so i don't know if i get to a point where i just don't enjoy building the candle business per se i just like building businesses i might get to a point where i have multiple businesses but even within that i think i would probably be see another thing i would probably end up someone like like lvmh where it's like yeah, we started with candles, but now we buy up bee farms and we buy up candle manufacturers and we buy it like we might even honestly, you know, it'd be even crazier. I never thought about this. I thought about creating our own. That would be crazy. I thought about creating our own craft fair slash pop up. Right. We could just buy the other ones. Isn't that crazy? We could just buy it. We could just buy artists and fleas. And change the name of it to something else, and then just revamp the whole. Huh. That's crazy. Right? That's insane. Isn't that crazy? That's insanity. That's that. That's crazy. Cause I'm like, yeah, we could have our own thing. We could have a DJ. We could have our own music. We have a booth. It's like, nah, nah, nah. We're just gonna buy this one, go inside, fix up everything, all the problems with it, and then now it's called the Ember Pop Up or Ember uh, Flea, something like. That. I don't know what I'd call it the inverse store i don't know something right and that's another option because now we're managing different businesses and buying up profitable businesses we might own in every cent every state a bunch of different pop-ups right 
and it's kind of, yeah so that's why for me it's like i think getting into business it's it's there's no end to it unless you're really starting a business that doesn't have a very high um like a very high ceiling like for me real estate is cool and i love it and i'm obviously going to build a city at some point but real estate to me it, i feel like it doesn't get that much like the fun does there's no i don't feel like a real estate business is fun like you just buy a house and then you sell a house and that's it maybe you build a house and build a building but i feel like it just even in term, even impact wise I don't feel like that's something that is very like, oh my goodness, maybe, I don't even know. What do you think would be like a good real estate? Like if you would think of a company that was really big or a magical company, not a real company. What's the question? What would you say is the ceiling for a real estate company? Like you're like the greatest real estate company ever. What would that be? Something similar to maybe like what Sir Hint be doing. Right, but what does he do? A lot of working. It's like I said to me, it's just not that fun. I guess once you get the but it's like once you get the money, then you would take it and put it into something else. So. I feel like the, the ceiling for real estate is you are building buildings like Hudson Yards. Like you're the development, you're the lead developer for Hudson Yards building. But like, yeah, we're having this new $10 billion thing that we're going to create. And it's like, sure, but that's not, to me, that's not as fun. I don't, I, I enjoy, and to me, that isn't, that's not, I don't want to say it's not building a business because it is, but I don't think I would have the same enjoyment from doing that especially on a mass level because i think what i enjoyed about the house that we did was i could kind of see it change like wow look we chose this we did this look at this, this is crazy and i feel like real estate especially for single family flips are more so about having the same type of fixtures and colors throughout each every each and every single house that you flip and it gets boring. And you get, once you start getting to a thousand, you're like, you're not even doing it no more. You just kind of like. No, it's just like a formula. Right. You just like. Right. And that's it. And it's like, all right, I get a check every month for uh, several million dollars or whatever, which is not, it's not bad by all, any means. Like, it's not like you won't make money in real estate. I'm not saying that. But I think there are a lot of times that people start a business and then they're like, I don't really want to do this. I think about those YouTube companies where they're like, hey, I'm doing a faceless YouTube channel or they say that they are a one person business that, you know, maybe they send out, they do marketing um, campaigns and it's kind of like, well, like a, a marketing agency. They build those to sell mm -hmm. because it's not enjoyable and there's not much growth in it. It's, it's very... Uh, it's kind of like one dimension in a sense. Like how much how much fun can you really have owning a marketing agency? It's like ah. Uh, it depends on how you go about it. 
maybe what 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 do you what are your thoughts like what, what do you mean how you go about it because i feel like it'd be because like the same way that like with running a craft fair you know depending on how you run it it's not gonna be fun is you kind of like all right i got i got space i got you know tape to <laughs> to show people where to put their stuff you know got a dj that maybe i'm paying maybe i'm not and you know that's it Mm-hmm. And, and you know I might pay for ads and that's it but if you and, and that and that'll be boring that's boring I think if in everything that you do you try to make it the best experience so like one thing that the reason why I said Sirhant for like real estate um, just from what I've seen from either watching the show or even looking at the YouTube I think I think he has fun going through <laughs> doing the showings I think he's enjoying himself doing the shows. Like, oh my God, look at this, look at that. Oh my God, this is insane. Do you see all this stuff? Like, I think he um, enjoys that. And the enjoyment that he has in the video translates to the person watching it and makes them want to buy. So I think there's that. I think also one thing that I notice is that when they do a showing, it's like a party where they have, you know, music playing, they have the food there, they'll decorate the space. You should, like, if you really want to, you can make it fun. You can have entertainment. To sh- and show how, you know, like, lively the place could be if you have some type of soiree or event. Mm-hmm. And that, and, but you're still doing real estate. Mm. Yeah, well, that's an agent. That's that's an agent. So that's more of a salesperson. But I'm thinking more so like in a marketing agency. Like, if you own a marketing agency, like, your job is to write emails and create ads and send out i think it's if you're trying to create the best experience because like if you if if what you have is really cool for example there was this clothing brand i think it was a black clothing brand and they did i don't know if it was um i don't know if it was like augmented um or if it was like an editing trick but pretty much they had like a very saucy woman walking in the clothing, but there was no woman, mm-hmm. there was no person. All you saw was the clothing, and but you could tell that someone was wearing it, but there's no face, no arms or nothing like that. It's just the cloak, it's just the, the garment walking very like saucily. And that is like, oh my God, it's crazy, it's mind blowing. And that, but that is marketing. Yeah, but I feel like running that company, is that like, would that be fun? I think if you're innovative, if you're creating new ways to target people and new ways to, like, in, in ca- you know, capture people's interests, it might be fun. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe. But, like, that's, I think, you want to know what it is? I think in order for something to be fun, it has to be more on the creative side. Yeah. And I think, like I said, it's, the candle thing for me, like, it's, it's very... It's very multifaceted, and that's why I like it because it's in. It's about health, and it's about health in terms of what makes you actually feel good health-wise, and what makes you feel better about yourself. So you have a luxury candle, and the candle is healthy for you. You have skincare that actually works. Like I was watching uh, Sarah Alaba the YouTube video recently. Woo! <laughs> And she was saying that I think she was she bought something from Fenty Skin and 
she was comparing it to like another brand that's supposed to be a better quality brand but she was like listen this this shit right here it worked i put it on i'm not ashy again i put it on that night i wake up i'm not ashy and i want that like i want to be able to have something that works like trader joe like you could go into trader joe's and find random stuff and it's amazing and that's the kind of feeling i want from the brand where we may not be the most at least not to start the most sold hair product but people that buy it go no 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 like i don't know i don't use anything else other than this because it doesn't even work like i'm i'm only buying this because this is literally the best one i can find i've tried other stuff that doesn't compete and i think at that point the only problem that we would have is people knowing about us and that's what i want i wanted to just be able to create something that is just so good that people have to like you you can't use something else like there are things that we have in the house something something that we might have that we don't use of anything else if, what bruh fiji water is a big one i am not drink at least at this point in my life i'm not drinking nothing fiji water don't give me no other water don't give me poland spring don't give me deer park don't give me essentia i am only drinking fiji water right and another one i would probably say would be um I was looking, oh my beer stuff i don't even think about it no more i'm like i'm buying this beer stuff because whenever i use it my beard is moisturized that's it until and, and like if you find something else that's really good sure but i found one i'm like this is this works i'm buying this and then i might buy some other products from them too so that's how i want the brand to be so over the weekend we did the best that we have done in it was an amazing weekend. Like it was a phenomenal weekend, even though we weren't able to uh, keep the money, we made a lot of it. So we did 800, we did almost $900 on Saturday. And we did, we actually did more on Sunday than we did Saturday, which never, that I cannot tell you the last time that happened, where we made more on a Sunday than on a Saturday. We only made more by a dollar, but we still made more for the whole day. The fact that it's even that close, and the fact that it was that close on a Saturday where we did that much is insane. Because we did eight, we did eight fifty four on Saturday and eight fifty five on Sunday. On Saturday, we sold our first large perfume, the first big one, right? So I'm gonna tell you how that went. So, lady comes into the store, into the into the Ember Candle store, right? <laughs> And she's, she's like smelling different candles. Now, as I talked about it before, this was very intentional. I really, my goal was when Melissa had created the initial setup for the candle, like for the table, when we added more products, I just wanted to replace each thing that she already had as decor with their product that we have. So that when you come to the table, you're looking at it and you're, you're not like overwhelmed because these things are already there. But now instead of it being like a fake plant tree, it's maybe uh, a diffuser that we're using. And then maybe you might look at, oh, this little decor piece on the side is a heart-shaped glass. Oh, now it's a perfume bottle. And it's like, you don't really, you just look at the table, they all look like decor as opposed to product that we're selling. So this lady comes to the table, she's smelling the candles, right? And she's like, oh wow, these are, these are, these are the nuisance going crazy. Nuisance going stupid, dumb, crazy, ridiculous. So she's smelling the nuisance. And she's like, wow. These are really, really good. Like, I really like these. I'm really enjoying this. She goes, let me get one of these. I want one of these, right? 
So she goes to the other side of the table because now how we have a setup, you know, merchandising is very important. She goes down the table. She's like, wait, what's what's these? These are other sets too. Like, yeah, yeah, try them. She's like, wow, yeah, let me let me go into these two. She's like, wait, wait, what what's that right there? Oh, that's perfume. You got perfume? We're like, yeah. She's like, let me smell that. She's like, oh, yeah, this is. A, let me get one of these two. She goes, how much is the perfume? Melissa, stone cold face. We have never sold a perfume this size in our life ever. No, we have never done this. Melissa looks right at her face and goes, eighty dollars. Right? I'm 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 sitting. I think I'm sitting down. Right? I'm behind the 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 sign that we have on the table. Right? I'm like, oh shit, she went for it. Like, cause we never like we've we've kind of talked about the price being somewhere in that range, but like to start, we never actually like sold it or like kind of even honestly that product wasn't even on the like the um inventory list like if i go on the square app i couldn't sell that we had to create it right there so i'm like oh shit so she says 80 i'm like i'm in my phone like oh okay i gotta make an 80 dollar price the lady's like mm-hmm. she's like ah, it's a little steep can you do 65 we're like done done 65 done yep ab- yep we could do it right now it's crazy to me because I don't buy cologne. I don't buy girls' perfume. I just don't. I, I'm not. And when it comes to like the the health space, I am not in the top tier of that. I just get by. I got. I still wear clothes from when I was in high school today, right? So all those things. I don't. I don't know the market cost for any of these items. So she said eighty dollars. I was just like, sure, let's go with it. Let's go with it. The lady was haggling to 65. Like, she haggled. Not, and I say haggle, I, I say that very sparingly because she pretty much just said, I'll do 65. And you said, yeah. But it was like, she could have paid the 80. She just chose to do 65. Because, mind, she already bought. Did she buy big candles? I think, uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. She, she bought two small candles. I thought she bought some, She bought a perfume and a candle. Let me see. Okay, she got one small candle. She got a Sunday reset. And she got a room service perfume. I was stunned by the purchase happening, right? Just because she was not really concerned that the price wasn't high for her. I think she just, like, it wasn't too expensive for her. I think she just thought it was might be maybe a little bit high. And honestly, I only, the only reason I think that it was probably a little high for her is just that the, they were, we didn't sell the perfume. Like, we didn't say anything about it. It was just there. There, there's no labeling on it. On it, it's just there by itself. So her just looking at it, her just looking at it, sitting there in her mind, she said that's worth sixty-five dollars. Without us telling her what kind of alcohol we use, what kind of perfume we use, how long it lasts. Without us telling her the name of the scent or anything, she was just like sixty-five dollars. That's like that looks like about sixty-five dollars. And we're like, yep, yes, yes, it is. So. That was phenomenal. The margins on that are always great. So that was a good thing. Uh, all weekend long, people were just buying big candles. Like, I don't know. We sold so many big candles this weekend. And I thought before that people enjoyed walking by and reading the names on the candles. And that's what would draw them in to buying big candles, right? But what I've noticed over the weekend is when they see the big candles, they think that's the only candles we have. In their mind, they already have decided like, oh, okay, this is the candle that I'm gonna get. And they, I think in their mind, they probably put it at like 40 something dollars. And in my mind, I think that we're gonna raise the price this weekend, but I think they look at it and go, yeah, this is about a 40 something dollar candle when they look at it. So 
knowing that is very interesting to me because that's not what I thought originally. I thought they liked the names and they came over because of the names and that's why they bought the bigger one. It's the fact that they don't know we have small ones. A lot of times people go, do you have these in a small? Because we have the four original collection scents in the middle of the table or like on the other side of the table. And people see those and they don't even think that we have the big ones for the new collection in small. And I'm like, wow, that's great. Like, I'm not even going to bring out the small ones now. I'm like, before, we were trying to figure out how we would do the merchandising, where we would put them. And now it's like, no, no, no. We are for sure keeping the big ones out. And if y'all want to get a small one, you can ask us. And then how we're going to even build on top of that is this, right? So we bought this candle warmer, which if you have a candle company, do not buy these. These are bad business decisions, I'm telling you. Especially if you're using beeswax. This candle that we have on the candle warmer, I tell you now, the candle has been burning for three days, like three hours worth of days, right? Is it three hours a day? Three days worth of hours. The, the wick... Is I think somehow more wax got into the candle. I don't even know how because the wax is covering the wick like it didn't even. That's how it has not even gone down. It's been burning for 30, 40, was it 8, 16? No, 24, 48, 56 hours. No, 24. That's what it is. 8, 16, 24. So it's actually one hour, one day. I have my numbers wrong. It's one day worth of candle burning. That's what it is. It's three days we burned it for eight hours. It has not gone down. If we sold someone this candle lamp warmer, we would never see them again. Like we would sell them one candle and be like, all right, it was nice meeting you because they would be burning a candle for the rest of their life and it would never go out. So what I want to do though is I want to put the middle size candle when we get it on there. And then we're talking to people, hey, what's the price? We'll go, hey, you see that one over there on a the lamp? That one is the middle size. We also have the big size and we have the small size right over here. I, th I think this is a genius. I think when I think about it in my mind, that table is a genius. The table right now, we could both sell separately. They can see both cents, and we even have it set up right now where people don't even know, people don't even look at the other side. Like Melissa will be selling a new sense, and they won't even know that we have other cents. They'd be like, "Oh shit, what's that?" And they go over there to check them out. Like I love that. That means that they these collections can operate separately from each other, and I love to see that. So we also. Uh, did our first unveiling of the sign technically uh, Saturday. We had it on uh, like last week, but this was our first weekend actually getting to it. Sunday of last week, people liked the sign. This this time, people was going crazy. There was the p people are taking pictures of the sign. They're taking video. I'm gonna tell you one story. So I'm sitting behind us. I'm sitting behind like the the poster board sign, not the one on the on the wall that the neon sign. This is the one that's on the table. So the chair is lower than the table and the poster board is on top of the table. So you can't really see me if you're walking in front of the table. So I could kind of see a, I could kind of see the top of your head maybe. And if I see somebody kind of walking by browsing the table, I'll ask him, hey, do you want to smell a candle? So I see a guy walking real gingerly past the table. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stand up and ask him if he wants to smell a candle. Mind you, he's looking up in the air. He's looking like I can't really see his head, but I kind of see him looking up. He looking to the back, looking to the left, like behind him, not near the table, right? So I stand up. This man 
is holding his phone recording the table as he walks by it like from his waist though so we can't really see what he's doing so i didn't notice this until i get up to go and ask him does he want to smell a candle so when i ask him that he's like oh no 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 i'm fine i'm fine i'm good i'm fine i'm okay i'm good i'm good so i was just like all right sure i'm like all right bro like that was kind of weird but i'm gonna let you rock so i sit back down talking to my baby girl right having a regular conversation i look around this man is in another aisle with the phone recording the 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 sign and the clouds and the table from like another aisle right so i look at him he looks at me i look at him he look at me i look at him he turned his head right like oh like i want a little fake like you know uh last you know right so I'm like, all right, that was, I'm like, bro, I saw you the first time. This is the second time, now you're being strange. Like, this is weird. I'm like, all right, whatever. So now I go back, you know, I'm talking to Melissa again. I think I have a customer or something. Why I see this man at different aisle with the phone, now he got it, now he got it in horizontal. He got it in landscape, taking another video of the clouds. And I'm like, bro, you know, I can see you, right? Like, I, I can see you. He's like hiding behind another vendor two aisles away. I'm like, bro. What are you doing? I make eye contact with him again. He run off. I'm like, bro, you're being real strange. So it was a lot of that people taking videos and pictures of the sign of the clouds, a lot of compliments and things like that. Uh, I always think it's funny because. <sighs> so, OK, let me tell you this. I'm not sure how I would even segue into this. I don't mind dressing and looking better. I don't mind it. Right. As y'all know, I don't be cutting my hair. I don't get haircuts. Uh, my beard be looking dry and crusty sometimes when I don't moisturize it. Uh, my skincare routine is zero. Like, my skincare routine is not zero? You have, you've been wearing black clothes. I have not, though. I've been wearing that thing in, like, a couple weeks. So, I'm like, I'm saying, my skincare, skincare right now is, like, 0.6. I might throw on some black girl sunscreen every once in a while, but I don't even use it that often, right? So... A lot of these things I don't really care about. Buying new clothes. Because in my mind, when I was younger, I told myself, like, if I myself can be amazing, everything else about me is, is not that important. Right? So, I used to test myself. Can I get girls dressing like this? And yes, I could. I'm like, can I play basketball dressing like this? I'm like, yes, I could. Do people want to be friends with me dressing like this? I'm like, yes, they do. So, at that point... I'm still getting jobs. I'm still making money. I'm still getting girls. I'm still playing basketball, being picked up on teams or whatever. Still getting invited to whatever event or whatever. There's no reason that I saw that I had to go out and figure out the, you know, what to, to dress better, get better clothes, spend, spend more money on that. But I think that we are reaching a point in the company that... We have to better represent the brand, right? So, if we're doing like $1,800 a day or a weekend at the fair, I think that's, I don't want to say it's our ceiling. I would, I would probably say how we're dressed right now without us trying to like really do it up. I think our ceiling at the fair over there is probably like $21, $2,200 for the weekend. 
which is great. Like that's an amazing, that is a hundred K a year business just doing weekends at the craft fair, right? I think that's where we're at. However, I think there is a constraint when it comes to our clothing and how much we can grow. I think that there are certain people that walk by the booth or are intimidated by me, by my rugged look. You know, I have on boots. I have on like kind of like construction type pants. I might have on like a sweater or a black shirt. My hair is all natural. It's not cut. I got the, the woolly mammoth beard, right? I'm black. I'm fairly taller than average. So that can be intimidating, especially if I'm not doing anything to kind of lessen that. I throw on a pink hat every once in a while, but I think now... I think the way the setup is, the pink hat is more confusing than it is elevating. I feel like before it matched the background as a pink hat, we have pink behind us, it goes with each other. But now the clouds could be purple, green, flashing orange and yellow and flickering and doing dance to the music, all types of stuff. And I don't think the hat matches. So now it's kind of like, why are you wearing a pink hat? Like, why do you look this aggressive and have a pink hat on? That's weird. So what we tried was on Sunday, I wore one of my uh, Bonobo sweaters, right? I love the brand a lot. I, I remember when I was trying to get into, you know, I had a little bit more money and less expenses. I was buying that kind of stuff. And I think that is a big reason as to why we got more sales also. People would come to the table and their response was a lot more inviting when I talked to them. They were a lot more open and um, disarmed. So it made me think, okay, and this is just me throwing on a sweater. It's just, all I do is throw a sweater on, like a nice sweater that I have on top of my black shirt and people like that. I go, okay, so what would happen if I put my earrings back in, if I put my retainer back in, if I got my hair, you know, uh, twisted and then I did like one of them twist outs or something like that. I'm doing my skincare routine. If I'm, you know, working out, how much more money could we make if that was the case? Because a brand is getting to a point where people, it's not, I can't say that now because it's not even true. The brand is at a point where people don't believe that it's our brand. Absolutely. Like they think the brand is so good that we couldn't be the ones to run it. Right. So I think that if that's the case, then the brand will be hiring somebody that would have the things I'm talking about now to how they look. So I've been considering like, okay, I might have to buy a couple of sweaters to wear at the fair or just a little couple of things to do to make myself look more presentable at the fair. Um, now, the reason I really hesitate about even speaking on things like this is because I think a lot of people feel like you have to look the part to be able to get to what you want. And I, me personally, I think it's the other way around. I think that you can, hmm, I don't know. Let me ask you that. Do you think you get further by looking better or being better? I think looking better can only get you so far. Mm-hmm. Um... But I think looking better can get you into places that doesn't require you to be better just yet. Yeah. I think that looking better opens doors faster for you. Right. I think being better That's how you gets you further. 
because you think about all the tech CEOs and stuff, you know, that the kind of the idea about how they dress, they be wearing T-shirts, flip flops with socks and shirt or shorts from 20 years ago. What? Them T-shirts be. No, 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 no. But that's that's now. Like, that's the thing. They got it. They got hundred billion dollars and now they buy a four hundred dollar t-shirt right but it's still a t-shirt right you compare it to when they were younger they were wearing a star wars t-shirt it's not they have money they could have bought a gucci louis vuitton custom made shirt that cost twenty thousand dollars they could do that they have them they're like nah i'm gonna get the nice fitting four hundred dollar shirt and compared to how much money they make that's absolutely nothing right but they're so good at their craft that people are just kind of like, I don't even care how you look. Just get the thing done. And that's how I feel about myself. I always feel like work on me, get better at doing the thing, and then go from there. So I do think that, like I said, it's at a point, we're getting to the point. We're not there yet. We're approaching the point where I think that by increasing our appearance, we will look better. Like, we will do better. I think with the YouTube channel, I think if we have, like, a better setup, that'll be better. I think the new cloud sign and is going to be our thumbnail for, like, the next 100 videos because it's amazing. Um, and I just really think that, hey, you know, it's almost time. It's almost time to start investing in ourselves a little bit more. All right. This is our first time unveiling a new sense. Um, so you can go on the Ember Candle Co. Instagram and see them. Um, they're not on the YouTube channel yet, but you know, like I said, they're on Instagram. They're not on the website yet either. We haven't launched them. We're still working on that, taking product pictures and things of that sort. Uh, launching new products is a lot of stuff. And I think it's funny because Melissa and I had this conversation, right? Is it really a lot to launch a new product or is it a lot for us? Because you could just post a new product and put up on your, on your website. Right, but we have multiple sites that we have our products on. We have a lot of back end uh, in data that has the product to be inserted, which is the candle cost, uh, the names, the prices, uh, how much they sold, the percentage how much they sold versus how much they didn't. A lot of things on the back end, inventory management, a lot of those things are incorporated when we are adding new scents so, and products. But I, you never really think about it when you say, oh, I want to add a new X. You know, it's just like, oh, I'm going to add this new thing. And you throw it out on the site. That doesn't work for us. Like, we can't really do that. Like, we got to do more stuff behind it. So, you know, that is that. But other than, other than other than what I said, I think that was pretty much it for the craft fair. It was a great, it was a great weekend. We're going to try and recreate it coming up this weekend, and we'll see how that goes. The next topic of the day is Three Leaves Project. If y'all still watching, where the videos at? Where are the video? I'm gonna check right now. I'm gonna go check right now. Yeah, where y'all me? I don't have. Where are the videos at? According to my guy, he said it's a. Well, he said it's a, a marathon. At some point, you're gonna pass us. Where you letting us? You let us get a lot of ground. We can't. We get too much ground, bro. I don't know what you're gonna do. You need. I need you. Uh, I need both of y'all. It's been two months since the last video. Two months. So if y'all watching this. I'm on y'all. I want to see the new videos, which I've been up to. Um, 
the next topic is the postponing of the loan closing. So we were supposed to get $7,500. Then they lowered it and put it to $2,500. And then they called us last week and were like, hey, guys, we're postponing it. Now, the reason they gave us for postponing it was that they had to restructure it. Now, I don't really know what that means, but my assumption is that the way they tried to structure it originally was wrong. They had told us they would give us $7,500. Then they followed up and said, we'll give you $2,500, but here's a caveat. We're going to do it in installments, and you can only spend $1,000 on content creation, and the other $1,500 is to run ads. Now, because it's not their money, I'm wondering if whoever's the, the head honcho or whoever gave them the money is like, listen, that's not how, why we gave you all the money. We gave you guys the money to give to them to spend it on online marketing. Whatever they need to do for online marketing, give them the full 75 and then go from there. Because honestly, like I said, I think them tr like. It's very difficult to communicate with someone who doesn't have a business about the business because if you don't run ads or you're trying to learn how to run ads there's a learning period so if you gave me fifteen hundred dollars and i only made back only got three sales or four sales or five whatever the number is it's like i'm still having to learn how to do this so how is it that you would then go you know what i'm not going to give you more money for it so if i test my ads on one platform it don't work can I now not test on a second platform because you only siphon off the money to something else? So it's very, I guess I'm hoping the restructuring means they're gonna give us a full amount because the 7,400 right now would be a godsend. Like that would be phenomenal. We would put it to making way more money and learning this online marketing space because we need to learn it, okay? I don't know. It's not needed yet, but at some point it will be needed. I'm hope maybe by the end of the year it might be needed. I don't want to say hope, but like it might be needed by then. Um, and I think that they really should restructure it by giving us the full amount of money. And they have not given us a new postponing date, so we're gonna see uh, when they decide to give us that. The next thing I want to talk about was it was it's more of a, a lead on from last week with uh, sprinkle sprinkle. Uh, Shira Seven. If I, if I didn't watch her last week, I thought I told y'all to. Y'all need to go watch some clips by her. Sprinkle, sprinkle. Shira Seven. Go watch some clips on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, wherever. I don't know if I touched on this last week. I don't remember or not. So, I think there has been a great disservice done to women and. I, want, I would say men too, but I'm going to say women for sure. I think somewhere along the lines. It became a fact for or that women have to wear heels or women have to do their makeup all the time <clears throat> or women have to have their hair done all the time or women have to, you know, care about their looks the majority of their life. And I think that the service comes from the fact that people have made it seem like it's something they have to do as opposed to a choice that they made before. Listening to Shira Seven talk, it makes me think that a lot of women in the past chose what they chose to do in terms of caring about their looks as much as they do 
in terms of being more womanly, cooking and cleaning and those things because that's what they needed to do at the time. I don't necessarily think that all women were forced to do. Honestly, I think very few women were forced to cook and clean back in the day. I think it was something that was required of them and they chose to do it. I think women wanted to learn how to cook. I think they... I wouldn't say they enjoyed cleaning. It's similar to running a business where you don't enjoy doing a lot of the business things or even anything you pursue, but you want the outcome of it. So that's why you do it. So you enjoy the outcome more than the actual process of doing it. When I hear Melissa watch the videos and a lot of things that they do, I think that they have a huge benefit. And I remember saying this, I may, I don't know if I said it before. If I did, I'll say it again. I don't think that a man can make a woman, right? And a lot of the ideas out there right now are that the more masculine you become, the more feminine a woman becomes. And I don't think that's true anymore. I used to think it was. I no longer think that. I think what happens is you make your your woman or girlfriend more girly, right? I don't think you make her more womanly the more masculine you are. However, I do believe the other way works. I do think a woman can make a man or a boy more masculine because I think that it's in men's nature to want to level up to match a woman i think it's it's very it's i think it's a lot more uncommon for women to want to level up to match a man right i don't think that's i don't really think that's as common of a thing i think that men's majority purpose the things we buy the things we do how we look all are centered around women the car that we get, the house that we get, the job that we take, the money that we make, the way that we talk, the way that we act, it's for the majority of men or boys or male or guys, it's to impress women. That is the majority of it. And I do not think that any guy that becomes super uber successful will do it without fucking women. Or using his power or wealth or fame to get women. As soon as a guy gets any of those things, the first thing he wants to do is find the woman that is high enough for him to say, yeah, look who I got now. That's the first thing they want to do. Or they want to say, I got this many women now. When I was younger, I was broke. I got money. I got girls all over the place. I got car. Like, you're not, guys are not buying cars for their men, for their boys to be like, hey, bro. Come, come, let's let's ride around with me. They want to show off to the, they want the girls, even though girls, I don't even think, that's weird. Girls don't know cars, but they know when the car is probably expensive, or at least it looks nice. Uh, So I think that a lot of of that stuff is for, (coughs) is for women, right? So I'll say ladies. One thing I've noticed before, right? This is a crazy, I never told Melissa this. This is my first time her, me telling her. I don't know if I did. I feel like I never told you this. We're going to see. (laughs) okay whenever you wear your macaw jacket right i naturally want to hold the door for you 
every time. And when like it's a it's a very weird thing. It's like I want people to be I want to be like yeah look at this like mm-hmm, yeah come on baby come through the door like it's and it's so weird. It is not like I don't think about it. It's just like oh I see you walking in the jacket. Let me get that door for you, right? And that is a womanly thing on your end. I think it's just the way the jacket looks. I think how you probably feel a jacket, how you walk in a jacket is very different than something else that you might wear. And I think that that now makes me more manly or masculine, right? But I don't think that as a guy, I can do a thing, maybe buy you stuff that will make you feel more womanly. That's probably it. But you don't think as a man you could buy? No. So I know I think only buying you stuff is what makes you feel more womanly. That's my that's my thought. I think for a guy, right? I think if I become very like very very masculine and try to dominate my woman, I think she becomes more what? That's yeah. I think she becomes more girly, which I which I hate. I hate that by the way. Like I hate girly girls. What? No, oh, yes. I don't I don't like girly girls at all. I hate I hate that because they almost act as if they can't function anymore. And I think that's a a cause and effect of being a dominant masculine man, right? I don't not, that's why I, I think it's I think that's wrong. Back when I was running a game and doing all the things that say you're supposed to be more masculine, girls would be almost like putty, where it's like they're not even functioning anymore. They just Yes, whatever you okay. I don't I don't know how to even use an ATM machine anymore or I don't know how to fix the toaster. I don't know how and it's like you've done this before. Why all of a sudden now you just incapacitated? Now you can't function no more. And to me, I don't want that. I don't I do not I do not like it. It's hard to even have a conversation with them like that. I don't like it at all, right? However, I think a woman has to be more calculating how she operates and in that calculation you can't allow yourself to fall into become putty and i think that's what that calculation that they have or that they do that makes them attract men and it makes them it makes the men they attract be more manly because now you want to do more stuff you want to to, to go to the gym for your girl or your your lady or your woman. You want to buy her a car. You want to show that you are this masculine person because you're with her, right? I don't think the other way works. I think you can make a girl, I think you can make your girl girly for sure. And I think a lot of guys will be okay with that. Me, I don't want that. And before anybody gets outraged, okay, I think in within a woman being a woman, she ha- she knows how to persuade her man without him, without her trying to dominate him. That I think is where because it's, it's tact. It's being very tactful, and I think that that's a skill that women possess. And if they use it properly, can get more or less anything they want. However, they can never be the king. I say this all the time. They can be the queen, very very powerful. Everything is great as a queen. But you won't be the king. You can have a lot of power over the king or or persuade or, or, or what's that word I'm looking for? Influence over the king, but you will not be the king. So any woman that wants to be the king is going to always run into problems all the time. It's never, it'll never stop. The woman will always run into problems. And I think that it's because you have to naturally dissuade yourself from trying to become the king. 
I think it's a natural instinct for anybody to want to be on top. And I think that for women, it's a natural dissuasion for them to go, you know what? I know my role. I'm going to play my role and I'm going to make sure that ev- I'm going to make sure that he's good and everybody around him is good. So that's what my thought is on that. And when it comes to Shira 7, I was thinking about this recently. The women from back in the day, like I was saying earlier, chose to be or chose to do things that people deem womenly. I ask myself now, right? Like, why? What is the benefit of being a man? You playing balloons? I ask myself, what is the benefit of being a man? Like, what do you actually get from it? What is the tangible benefits? Because to, to be a man, to if I boil it down, it's to just be the bigger person in every scenario, all the time. So you're always taking the L all the time. You you understand that a lot of people are immature. You have to look over a lot of people. If somebody does you wrong, it's like, hey, you're obviously going through something. I can't, you know, I'm going to let you do what you do or whatever. That's what people deem as being a man. You're always taking those losses. So to me, it's like, why would I choose to do that? It's like, okay, I'm I'm late for work, but I'm going to hold the door. Actually, I should never be late for work as a man. You should never be late, right? I was going to say I'll hold the door for a lady or, or help her carry her or stroll up the stairs. That's why I was late. But as a man, you should leave early enough that if you ever run to a woman that needs help carrying a stroll up the stairs, you could do that for her, right? These are the qualifications that make you a man. And I'm like, why would I do that? What's the benefit of that? I was talking to myself. I said this, right? I'm like, Donovan, no one's telling you to be a man. Like, no one is saying to be, you don't have to do it. You could just be not a man, right? And I'm like, that doesn't sound right. But I'm like, you literally, no one is like, DMing me or calling me like Donovan, are you being a man today? Are you be, you got to be a man? No one is asking for that. No one is asking that. So it's a it's completely a choice to be a man. And if it's a choice, that means that I choose to take the L or to be the bigger man. I choose to be on time. Like it's literally, I am choosing the things that to be a man. If I want to be a man, it's a choice that I make, right? There's not, it's not an inherent thing. You don't become 30 years old, now you're a man. You don't get a million dollars, now you're a man. It's like, no, you have to decide at every point, at every crossroad, I am going to take the path that is what a man would do. That's, that's, that's literally, and for no reason, just because you choose to do it. Like, why would somebody choose to do anything at all? You want to drink lemonade? Why? No one told you to drink it. You just wanted to drink it. It was kind of eye-opening for me because I would ask myself, like, why do I, I don't, I don't want to be sitting in a room with a woman insulting me and I got to just sit there. So I'm like, especially if she's all the way backwards and I, now I have to sit here and take it, right? Even if she's lying on me, saying all the wrong things, I got to sit here. And there's no benefit to that. There is no benefit at all, Right? But you want to, do you want to be a man or not? If you do want to be a man, then you know what choice you have to make in that situation. And now, here's why I bring this up. I think it's the same for women. I think you have to choose to be a woman. I think it's back in the day, women were choosing to do a lot of the things that they were doing. Like, hey, I'm going to learn to cook. I'm going to learn to clean. I'm going to do things because I'm going to make myself look nice. I think a lot of women back in the day 
maybe I'm making this up. I see it maybe in the movie. But may wake up in the middle of the night, do their hair makeup, get back in the bed, have their hair laid right, don't go outside till a man came. They don't do like a lot of different things they do were choices that they made because that's what makes them a woman. And it's like you don't you don't have to be a woman. And at the end of the day, being a woman and being a man is a choice you make. So do you want to be a woman? Yes. Make the choices. Do you want to be a man? Yes. Make man choices. And that's something I feel like I've learned or have been kind of uh, trying to internalize over the last two or three weeks. All right. So now we will pass off the mic to my beautiful, phenomenal, amazing girlfriend. Uh I need a burn. Oh, you're a strong man? Woman. Oh. Makes it look good. Strong man? I've been getting on top of my journal again and like trying to make sure that my log is up to date and stuff like that and trying to make sure that the journal, that I'm journaling. I do think it's important. And I think it was working so well that you like, you stop. It's like, I don't need a journal anymore. I'm fixed. I'm great. And I think I'm tired with everything. <laughs> like, at this point in the year, it's May. That's five months. Like, I don't think... Last year, we did a fair kind of in groups. Where it was like, okay, we might have did four fairs in a row like four weekends in a row you know that was it or you know we would do two but we missed a week or something like that or you know we do five like wow we did a month straight but then damn now we we're down a month this is our first time ever having to be at the fair every single weekend having to make candles every single week now we're adding new products those products need pictures those products need descriptions they need a whole bunch a whole lot and we've been doing it. We've been doing it every single weekend so far this year, right? That's just one. We've been in Williamsburg every single weekend this year. We've also done Grand Bazaar at least once a month for every single month this year. We've also done Chelsea, which was seven days straight. And we did it for almost a month straight one time. It was 23 days. What the fuck? Like, straight. And continue to do fairs every single weekend after that. All while editing fucking videos and vlogging every single day. This vlog be going up every week. I'm tired. I am tired. I'm fed up. And then, like Donovan said, we make the money. We made almost 2000 last weekend. And then it's gone. <laughs> like, to make that amount of money in such a sh like, short time frame, and then it's gone. Poof. We don't get to spend it. But everything is temporary. So this is like, once the business you know, plateaus and really gets a stable footing. We don't have to deal with this anymore. Um, once this year ends, we're not vlogging every single day anymore. 
Like, this is something that we said for this year. We really wanted to grow. We really wanted to get... We really wanted to hit the goals that we made. And we're we're doing it. I'm just tired. I'm very tired. Um, you're going to see it in the vlogs coming up. I'm tired. I'm tired. I've been sick for almost two weeks now. That's crazy. Yeah. Almost two weeks now. Mind you, when we used to be on the alkaline diet and when the food was better, we never got sick. I don't even know what I would I have. Like, I wasn't sick for years. <laughs> like, not not really. And if, it, if I was, it would go away real quick. So. Yeah, it's just it's just, you know, we're getting through it. I'm definitely at the point where I'm tired. We're almost at the halfway point for the year. Yeah. June is June is the sixth month. So there's still different things that are yeah, whatever. I don't even care no more. I'm just tired. Okay. I was gonna say there's kind of different things in the works still. Which is true, but my I can't even like really think about what they are right now. So um I, I really hope that the online becomes a thing sooner rather than later because that could help tremendously. Like, even the orders that we got, I think we got like $1,000 in orders last month, right? I think so. Online. And that's without us having to leave the home. We just, you look at the phone and it's like, oh shit, it's there. And now all I have to do is fulfill it. So I really, 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 really want to build that out. And one thing that Donovan said earlier where it's like, yeah, we're not passionate. Like candles is not is not like the oh, my God, I absolutely love this thing. But I think I'm very passionate about creating. And I think Donovan is very passionate about business. So it really gives us the opportunity to really stretch and just go the distance in those skills that we have so that's creating different artwork that's you know like the font that we choose the design of the packaging how we kind of put everything together on the table how the website is how the packages are you know really building that experience and then on the back end that's making sure that the the margins are good that's having everything fulfilled at a certain time like all of that you know we really get to 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 stretch in so I, I really want the I really want the online to be a thing. My my two main goals, I feel like, and we're gonna we're doing the live today, so we're gonna talk about it more there. But I think my two main goals is gonna be to get more subscribers for YouTube, and to um figure out these online sales. <laughs> like I say that every month, like every month, <laughs> figure out the online sales. That's it. Bye. So like Melissa was saying, bro, we made $2,000 last week, last weekend, and we are literally spending, we had to pay $1,400 for the fair for the new month. Then we had to pay, or we have to pay $1,000 to two investors. Then we have to pay $250 to Kiva. Then we had to buy wax, which was $337. Then we had to buy inventory for this fair coming up, this weekend coming up, which is, I think, honestly, how much did I spend this so far this weekend? So that's another $396 on that. Okay, so on inventory this week, we spent $1,009 on inventory. 
Then, like I said, we have to pay $1,400 to the fair. So that's $2,400. Then there's a new fair that hit us up to go this Friday. So we're going to go there. That's an additional $100. Then we also, as usual, got into a it over grocery shopping last weekend and we ended up spending like $80 on that instead of what we normally would spend so um it's it's we're almost there it's just we're almost at the point we're making more money and we're getting the cost down it's just time we're just honestly at this point it's just managing it until the time because once we get a thousand vessels, we get, we can sell those. The margins will be higher, and we'll probably move more of those, right? And the cost is higher. Also, we have um, what's that thing coming up? We have Chelsea in July, so that's going to be a big influx of money for that. And yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of our setup right now. And then we have honestly, we're going to be double booked this weekend on Sunday. So that'll be a good little chunk of change that we get for next week. And to be completely honest with you, if we can do what we did last week and again this weekend, we'll have a lot of money on Monday because we don't have to pay. Oh, and I forgot, I have to pay Uline tomorrow, which is $210. So on inventory this week, we're spending $1,200. If we can make what we did last week close to on Monday, we don't have no expenses really coming up on Monday. So that means we keep all that money. So, and then we can do that for the next couple of weeks going into chelsea i said you know y'all know me man listen so uh and then the last thing i wanted to kind of touch on was this idea i had i think that people try to eat for energy like they feel down and i think a better thing to do is to give yourself positive energy and a lot of times or in the past melissa and i have talked about this is way, way back in the podcast. A lot of y'all probably weren't even here yet, but that people are made up of, you know, electrons and atoms and all those different things, right? And we had kind of came up with the idea that the, the story of Adam and Eve was more so about electrons and neutrons and so on and so forth, as opposed to actual people. Um, so since we had that conversation and then you think about Dr. Sabi and the electric diet, I felt like a lot of times or I feel like people are very connected with electricity. So when I think about words that people can use that are electrically charged, things like you're radiating or your face is electrifying or your energy is electrifying um, or something Another word would be, I really resonate with what you're saying. I think a lot of those things, yeah, I feel like a lot of those words just naturally resonate with people. And my theory, just because they're words that are electrically charged, they kind of have a connection with words that have to do electricity or atoms and neutron, things like that, right? So I kind of want to play on this theory, on the idea. So one day I was feeling super exhausted from doing a fair. I was really drained. And what I decided to do, no, no, no. I mean, I didn't do anything. I was thinking like, how do I get more energy? And people always say you eat food, you know, sugar gives you energy. You get the sugar high or whatever, right? And I've actually heard that it isn't really true so much. And when you really start looking into what even energy is, 
it's like a calorie is energy. It's just a unit of measurement for energy. So anything you eat more or less, no matter what it is, unless it has zero calories, which I think is even not really a thing, but you have energy from it. But for some reason, people will still eat and not feel energetic. So why is that? Right? So I was sitting at Trader Joe's and I was feeling super exhausted. I was feeling very I wouldn't say negative, but when you're exhausted, I think it's very hard to be positive just because it takes more energy to be positive than it does to be negative. You see how you think about think it's not crazy. I wasn't I wasn't talking about atoms and electrons, but I wonder which one you think has more energy. Positive atoms or negative atoms? Posit probably positive. So it takes more energy to be positive. Right? Think about that. Isn't that crazy? Okay. So as I was sitting there, I was watching some video on Twitter and I laughed at the video and I immediately felt better. Like I felt more ener energized, ener energetic. Another word, energy is another word, electric word. Um, and I was like, wow. And I thought, does positive energy equate to feeling more energetic? And I did a test on it. So one day Melissa was in the bed she was feeling really, you know, tired, as she says, and she wanted, she had to go either do laundry or she had to go outside to the post office. She had to go do something for the day and she really didn't want to get up. So I gave her compliments, gave her positive energy and she felt better. She felt more energized to get up and go do something. And I didn't give her no food. I didn't give her no caffeine. I didn't give her no incentive to get her i'm just like hey out of everybody i've ever dated you are the best cook i have ever been with there has never been a woman that has made food with as much love that you have made for me ever right immediately she lights up remember electricity and she was like you know what she felt better she's like you know i'm gonna get up and went to the closet got dressed and ended up leaving the house right and i'm just like hmm so I was able to energize Melissa with just speaking positively or giving her a compliment. And I was just wondering how often or how much that can translate into regular life. Like if somebody's feeling down, giving them positive energy or a compliment or something, I don't know other forms of positive energy there is, would help them. And now you start going deeper into it and it's like, well, what about like neutral energy? Like you're just kind of in the middle. What does that do? We will be back here next Tuesday. Let me know what y'all think about me sitting down. I think I enjoyed it better. What do you think about me sitting down? Mm -hmm. Hmm? On the fence? Not really? Okay. Because I feel like the one reason I wanted to sit down was because I think that when I stand up, I'm very energized. Um, and it could be just a timing thing of how, you know, where we are in our life. But I think I speak faster. My feet start to hurt. I think it's harder for me to get more of my thoughts together. I think sitting down allows me to kind of keep everything condensed to be able to talk about different topics. So I enjoy sitting down. I'll see if I, you know, might do it again. Uh, but you can find all the behind the scenes content on our social medias. Mine is Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y. Am I phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne, A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. Go follow the Candle channel. We are trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. That's M-B-U-R-C-A-N-D-L-E-C-O. 
And with that being said, growth to 500k. Bamboo project.